There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. And me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. There are so many podcasts out there about dating, but Olivia and I did not really think any of them were completely reflecting our own experiences. We're both single, we're both in our 20s, and we are very much battling our ways through the joys and the struggles of single life today. So that's why we decided to launch Millennial Love. This week, we are thrilled to welcome professional date concierge and matchmaker Nana Wareko Brobby, who runs Social Concierge, London's invite-only dating club. Hello, Nana. Hi. Thank you so much for coming today. Could you briefly explain what an invite-only dating club actually means? Sure. So the idea behind Social Concierge was that I'd sort of run out of options to date within my friendship circle. And I also didn't like the idea of going online. So the core bit of invite-only means that we function as a private members club where people apply. And then we choose them based on commonality to the same group. So once we have our core group of members, we host private parties in London and New York. And the idea is that you walk into a room, everyone there is a social concierge member, you have something in common with them, and then you just take it from there. Exciting. Well, we're going to go to one of the events soon, aren't we, to check it out? Yeah, I went to one a couple months ago. Was it a couple months ago? And it was, yeah. Maybe a year ago. Maybe even yeah. a year ago at um, Tramp in yeah. German Street. And it was it was really cool. It was really interesting to be in a space where... You know that everyone's there to meet someone. You know that everyone is single in that space. I've never been to. I've never even been to like a speed dating event or anything like that. No. But you're not. Um, you're not a member, Livy. No, 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 no. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, we'll, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to check it out. And so, as part of social concierge, you also do matchmaking, don't you? Yeah. So we have two aspects to the club. We have the social club, which is where you sign up and you go to the parties. But then we also have the elite matchmaking club, which is for people who sign up, they think they can make the parties and then they realize they're too busy. Mm. So what they want is one introduction a month. That's so interesting. Okay. And we're definitely going to ask you more about matchmaking as we get on in the podcast, because I think it's fascinating. I'm so intrigued about the whole way you would bring two people together. So lots to get into today. However, firstly, let's have a little catch up. Livy, what's been going on? Not not a huge amount to report, but <laughs> but but <laughs> so I recently discovered um, a friend of mine told me about an ex of an ex of mine. If you see what I mean? So an like, ex of an ex. Yeah. Got it. So this was a guy I saw a while ago for a couple months and we never really spoke about exes. And I recently discovered who one of his exes was. Ooh, fascinating. And it really freaked me out. I don't know if this is normal, but I just found myself fascinated by this girl and just couldn't help but compare myself to her. Suddenly felt really insecure about like my career, the way I looked, mm. like everything. And it really affected me. And I've never had that before. And I just became obsessed. I was like, God, what am I doing? Why am I making myself feel so awful? Because also she was so different 
from, I mean, from what I could tell, she seemed like a completely different person to me. Yeah. And it just baffled me because I was like, well, what on earth was he ever doing with me? Well, I think it's quite normal to feel like that. And even if you'd found out about the ex while you were still dating, you probably then would have like stalked her. Or even I, like if I like, I fancy a guy, I will still then stalk the exes and compare myself. Yeah, I think it's so unhealthy, though. Yes, to, I don't think it's healthy. It's a toxic mm. rabbit hole to dig yourself under. It's quite natural, though. I mean, we yeah. have clients who, when we're talking about what are you looking for in a guy, they actually bring photos of their exes. Really? really? Yeah, because... And you're like, well, so you're looking for someone just like your ex. And they're like, no, not at all. Completely different. But here are their photos. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, I'll work with that. That's <laughs> fascinating. Well, you know, I actually do think that Livy has a type. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Okay. <laughs> she, she always goes for the same guy. She'll go like, oh, I'm, I'm going on a date with this guy tonight. And then she'll show me his profile or tell me what he's like. And I'm like, that's exactly the same as the last guy you dated. <laughs> yeah. But you probably don't see that. Do you? No, I'm starting well, to see it Well, now I've pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> now I've noticed there might be a slight pattern emerging. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe I should fix that. Oh, it's fine. I mean, I had the year of the Sams, so you know. <laughs> How many Sams were there? Well, three Sams. Three Sams of 2016. One after the other. Um, no, I think there were, there were a few. <laughs> it was funny that they were all called Sam. I know. I thought I had a problem. To be honest, I was like, God, I'm only I'm only allowed to date Sams. But um, no, we've we've moved on from the Sams. But anyway, <laughs> to Alex. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, there was Tom's for. Re- oh, I don't know. They all have the same names. They all boys have the same our name. age. Are you still doing your dating app sabbatical? I am. It's nearing the end of the month now, so this is my dating app detox for for April. And I have to say, I'm now like you know, whereas I used to. Uh, if I was in on a Sunday evening watching Friends or a rom-com or something, I would automatically want to be swiping my way through whatever it was that I was on. And now, like, it, it sounds like it's like when you, like, quit sugar or something. And now I'm like, oh, now I don't even think about it. It's You know, it's like when they say you give something up, it takes, takes mm. sort of two weeks for it to be a habit and you don't crave it anymore. And genuinely, it's a bit like that. Um However, I am obviously going to go back on the apps <laughs> come the start of May. However, I do think it's been good for me to just have this little break. Mm. And apart from that one date at the beginning of the month, I haven't dated anyone. And I've, I also, but I also haven't really met anyone. And this is another reason why social concierge is so interesting because I, I sort of thought, oh, I'm sure I can, you know, meet guys in real life. And it's not like I'm not sociable. Like I'm out every night. Minus like Sunday and like going to things where there are people and I just don't meet anyone. No, neither. Because when I'm out with my friends, I'm out with my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're happy in each other's company. Yeah. Like there's no need to approach I was, anyone else. I was at a friend's birthday drinks last weekend and we were having a lovely time. We were in like this, there's this pub with this near where I live in Brixton with this uh, lovely garden and it's got all these sort of beach huts and it's really fun. And it was a summery evening, you know, when it was briefly summer for a few days. That was nice, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and there were all these, uh, pretty much everyone there was in their 20s. There were loads of hot guys there, including awkwardly uh, one guy that... Um, I went on one date with about a year and a half ago and he then ghosted me and we definitely both clocked each other but no one said anything but anyway him aside there were all these other guys there with their mates and I was obviously clocking them all and going like "Mm, loads of hot guys here but no one talked to anyone obviously I'm there with my own group of friends but Mm. how do you what I mean how do you do that I wonder if that's worse now though I wonder if 
you know, I think it's years much ago. worse. Yeah. yeah, I think people have just become really lazy because you have everything at your yeah. fingertips. Yeah, and it's strange if you think about when you were really young and you had those underage discos and that sort of thing, and it was really painful to go to them, like sort of wait around, look at the other side of the room with the yeah. guys. And then you had to basically just man up and walk over. And then once you were snogging, it was like wonderful. And you're like, God, I'm so glad I did that. But it feels like people want to avoid that painful moment and just get straight to the pleasure. Yeah. And it just yeah. means that we're all quite lazy about it. Yeah. What I always argue is that if you match with someone on an app, A, you know they're single or they, you know, they should be single. Mm. And you know that they fancy you a bit. So, you so, you know, if you've matched and then, then you talk to them, fine. Whereas just going up to a stranger, it's like they might not be single. They might not be straight. They might not fancy you. Yeah. So lots of chance for rejection. But I think that's the thing. That's why people approach people less in real life, because you don't in real life, you don't have the validation of a match. Yeah. So you mm. don't have that knowledge of knowing, OK, we both fancy each other game on you just otherwise it's all it's all left in unsaid it's all a game like you just don't really know so maybe people are just afraid yeah i am I'm, yeah i mean i was about to say i am <laughs> i'm definitely afraid but, but you sort of have the validation of chemistry i mean you have chemistry across yeah. a bar the way you're i think it's about eye contact isn't it exactly yeah. and people don't like to make eye contact anymore anyway really so that's the problem i feel like i sometimes will get that eye contact with a guy where you yeah. just sort of like you know catch eyes a few times but still what's your next you? move I get it on the tube. I fall in love on the tube every single same, day. Same, 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 same. And I and I create these fantasies, and I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna, we're, he's gonna come up to me and say, no, but everyone's got their headphones in. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it never works. Two stops later, they're off, obviously. But it's just <laughs> so Going funny. Home to their girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, dating app detox has nearly finished, but I think it's been good for me. Nana, have you been up to anything exciting, interesting? So I have actually, last week I went to a four-day conference, which was really extreme. It was Tony Robbins, who's mm -hmm. the sort of Los Angeles life guru. People are obsessed with him. Love it's a it. real cult following. And it was like 7.30 in the morning till midnight every single day. It's Do crazy. not leave the room. Wow. It was insane. And it's all about unleashing the power within, making you a better business person and a better person generally. So I got a lot of takeaways to do with dating because his whole, um, I guess his whole ethos is all about taking control and being responsible and, you know, owning your own life. Love it. And the thing that really resonated with me, which I do try and pass on to my clients, is that there is a slight sort of laziness with some of my clients general and people generally mm. when it comes to dating because once they get into this room you know they've signed up to the club they've paid their money you know the service is being provided there are loads of people in the room who are single I think people still expect then the matches to just flow Prince Charming to walk mm. up and say I notice you across the bar social concierge member like can I buy you a drink that sort of thing when actually the people who do the best at these parties they they sort of just put in 110% effort. It's like, if, yeah, it's like if you if you work in a job and you want a pay rise. It's not just going to come to you, is no, it? No, it's not going to come to you. You have to do 110%. Got to be rather proactive. Than just do the job. Yeah. Exactly. Not reactive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this conference got me thinking that I'm just going to whip up my clients a little bit more. Um, perhaps, like, release a few um, just sort of short ebooks to send them or just like little white papers because um, yeah. we do try and educate our clients a little bit because our concept is very new so people always say oh is it like a singles party or is it speed dating and we're completely trying to move away from that because the whole idea is that I want dating to feel glamorous and fun and sort of oh my god yes I am going to this dating party and I'm bloody proud of it rather than like oh yeah I guess I'm going to the speed dating like how awkward I'm kind mm. of just doing it as a joke and I actually just want people to own it and be like bloody hell I'm going to the speed dating uh, well <laughs> not speed dating party but I'm going to the yeah. concierge yeah. party 
I can't wait. Like, let's yeah. do this. To be fair, I'm rather excited to go to a room where you know all the men are single. I'm so excited. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's an option. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will report back, everyone. Don't worry. So, Livy, have you got a bio of the week for us? I do. So, I last couple of weeks, I've been the one that's sort of been looking for these bios. Because I have not been on the apps. No. So, Rachel hasn't been allowed. So, <laughs> I've picked up a few sort of bugbears. Um, I'll, I'll give you the one that I found this week. So, this is Daniel, 23. Said, my grandparents met on Bumble, so I thought I'd give it a try. I like it. I've seen similar things. It's quite cute, but I'm like, I have seen it a few times. Yeah. I mean, it wins points for originality in my book because I haven't seen anything like that. Mm. And and speaking of which, I have compiled a little list of the most annoying things I am sick of seeing on As bios. in things you just see all the time. Yes. The most common <laughs> things. And it's just Bumble. I mean, Bumble is the one that I tend to use. But and I think Tinder is the same. It's just like a homogenized profile. Like everything is literally the same. First of all, okay, I'll just start the list. <laughs> Things I'm sick of seeing in buyers. Number one, <laughs> much better looking in real life. Really? Not, yeah. I don't even see that that often. Oh, I see that a lot. It's not funny. But you know, my theory is that all boys look better in real life and all girls look better in pictures. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> right? Yeah. I actually sometimes ask my, my male clients if I can actually just take some photos for them. They just have really? no yeah. They have no it's pictures of themselves and they don't know how to like work their angles or get nope. good lighting. No. Okay. Maybe there's some truth in that. <laughs> Number two, looking for my princess. No. Oh, boring. No. No, oh, I don't know. I thought that was quite sweet. Oh, that is very sad. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that strikes with the patriarchy to me. <laughs> None of okay, that. Okay, number three, likes holidays. Oh, and travelling. Yeah. Everyone loves travel, everyone, yeah. Everyone likes holidays and travelling. Yeah. Uh, be, it would be interesting if you're like, do not like travelling. Yeah. Or hate holidays. Mm. And I'd be like, hmm, you're weird, but I'm intrigued. Exactly. No one's intriguing. And the fourth one, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this one, emojis. I bloody love an emoji. I know, I really can't bear them. I know you have about seven on your own profile. <laughs> I think maybe three. <laughs> okay, fine. But anyway, but that mm. just like shows, like, I met there are guys who hate emojis and you should match with them, whereas some guys like emojis. Yeah, so no, I, I match with this them. This is very personal, but the, the, my last one, why does everyone live in Brixton? I mean, everyone I've... on these dating apps lives in Brixton. I well, swear well, to God. Well, I do live in Brixton, and so See? my answer is just <laughs> that it is the most fun place in London to live. If you don't live in London, you may not know Brixton is an area in South London, in, in Lambeth to be precise. And it's very fun and very cool. It is. It is very fun and very cool. Not everyone lives there. <sighs> A lot of people I know live there. Well, that's because you And people on dating apps. Well... And they tell you that they live there and yeah. that they love Brixton and that they live in Brixton and they love Brixton and they drink coffee in Brixton and eat pizza in Brixton. Well, there's a lot to do in Brixton, quite <laughs> frankly. Well, evidently. <laughs> I think I should be paid for like, the Brixton tourist board right now. <laughs> come to Brixton. Anyway, that's it. All right, thanks for that. Maybe <laughs> next week I'll come by on my own list. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's a nice little aside. <laughs> right, so thanks for that. The main thing we're going to talk about today is matchmaking which i just i love as a concept and i am very very intrigued by it so nana can you tell us about how how it works at social concierge and how you go about putting two people together yep sure so um one of the interesting things i guess is that Social Concierge does matchmaking a bit differently to most matchmakers in London and New York because right. the matchmaking scene is ludicrously expensive. Like it can go from £10,000 a year up to 100000 really? That's insane. Yeah, I met a matchmaker the other day. She charged £100,000 a year. I said, mm. how many matches does that get? And she was like, usually 10 to 12 because <gasps> they're quite busy. 
What? Oh yeah. So the sort of gap in the market, I guess, that we deal with is people who paid £200 a day once a month, but they're not as prescriptive as the people who pay £10,000 a right. year. So really what they're saying is, I just want to meet someone I've got something in common with. So, you know, driven professional in their 20s and 30s. Yeah but I don't have time to come to the parties, so can you just make an introduction? And they're actually, my clients are quite relaxed in that respect. They're not like, I want someone who's six foot one, who works in the city, who blah, blah, blah. They say, I just, having met you over cocktails, I just want someone who you think I might click with. That's mm. interesting. So it's, it's a bit more natural, um, partly because I used to do a matchmaking service that was very expensive, and it's a very strange dynamic between the matchmaker and the client. Yeah. You very much feel like a sort of butler, and right. if they say they want this, you have to go and deliver. Yeah, so can I actually just interject and ask about the very expensive matchmaking? Is that literally like someone comes to you and says, this is this exact checklist of exactly what I want, and I'm not going to compromise on any of these things, and I'm paying you to find this person? Yeah, 100%. That's I mean, insane. There are brilliant agencies out there, though, and I really, really respect what they do because it is the hardest job. It's very emotional as well. But when I was doing the matchmaking, I just remember having a client maybe four years ago who was paying me like a serious amount of money. He was in the city. He was in his late 30s. And he wanted, you know, 23 years old, uh. like looks like a model, but isn't a model, has her <laughs> own money. But, you know, is also well educated, like all of these things. Oh, um, and then, you'd, you know, I'd hustle hard because I was quite young. I'd just set up the company. I was like, I can do it. And then I'd go and find this person, be like, I've nailed it. Introduce them. They'd have a great time. He'd be like, brilliant. Next. So also they get into this thing mm. where if you really deliver, they're like, wow, I wonder how many beautiful, accomplished uh, people really she has. It's the whole yeah. culture it's, it's, of just like thinking like, well, someone else could be one swipe away or one match away or totally it's just expensive swiping whereas I feel like with my clients now they're you know 200 pounds for someone in their 20 20s or 30s like even if they've got a good job it's still yeah. no small amount mm. of money and you it's, know, I'm it's, sure it's if you're serious about finding someone yeah exactly and it's very much about having a friendship with them so I get to know them over cocktails we meet up each month to recap over the dates and there's no magic formula really aside from the fact that I'm a people person and I can read people and mm. that sort of thing and I've obviously just got a lot of singles on my books so yeah. it's more about just getting to know, know them as a friend and then be like oh yeah actually you and Andrew would be perfect and then I just make mm. the introduction and so when you like if someone comes to you who's paying for the matchmaking service would you then only be able to match them with someone else who was also paying for the service or just any of your members? No, so it's um, it's actually, so we go three places. First, you look at the other people who are paying for the matchmaking uh -huh. just because the intent then is exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. So it's very, even though that's a very small group, they're all looking for the same thing. Then you go to the social club members. Right. And then outside of that, we have an open database so people right. can register on our website to be an option for any oh, of the people really? being match made. That's yeah, so we have like thousands and thousands of people on the open database who don't come to the parties. But if we're looking for matches, we comb through the database and then I might go and interview someone who I think is a potential. So interesting. And can I ask, when people come to you with like specific lists of what they're looking for, do you ever try and surprise them and give them something that they don't actually want but you think they don't know that would actually work really well for them. Yeah, I do quite a, quite a lot because I just I try and make sure that people are open minded. Yeah. So as I said, like people don't tend to be too prescriptive with me, but if it's not working after three, I always say, okay, it's time to either cancel the membership or have a sit down and do a proper review about mm. whether what you're looking for is is too specific or whether actually we should mix it up a little bit. 
Because if you if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and the same thing keeps happening, then that's the time where you have to pivot and change things up. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Th- oh, that's really struck a chord with me. Not even Has just it? on like, obviously, I've not done the matchmaking thing, but just on like the dating thing. You keep doing the same thing over and over again and not getting anywhere. Oh, my God, that is my life. Okay, I need to change something up. How exciting. Yeah, because I think, I think I would need to be surprised. I would need mm. to be given someone that I wouldn't normally go for myself. Well, yeah. I know exactly what well, you normally exactly. go for. <laughs> which, is why, which is why I need something different, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. I'm, I'm going to matchmake you. <gasps> Shall I matchmake you? Make you a match? Okay. I'm just singing that Dig song now, Matchmaker. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Like, I can train you guys. and then you'll... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a really uh, wonderful couple get married uh, just the summer that oh, got no just passed. Yeah, and we've had a few get married, but this one was good because they went on a date. Is this and two like, you put together? Yeah, yeah. Match made both of them. One was paying, the other was a social member. And I said, literally, you guys have to meet. They went on this date. They came back being like, I can see where you're coming from, but we're just not sure. So oh, then they paused really? for about three months and I followed up being like, honestly, just give it a second date. Come on, that just just buck up. <laughs> and then they went on a second date. Then they went third, fourth, fifth. And then it just like oh, went wow. into a completely different gear. But a lot of people after the first date, they just drop off because, as you say, they have other options. Yeah. Or oh, I don't it. know. But also, or they I just think get a lot busy. Of, and a lot of people don't behave like themselves on a first date, I think, because the stakes 100%. are so high, especially if it's the first time you're meeting someone. Mm. You're so nervous. Especially if you've been put together to think like, you guys should yeah. get on. Then it's a bit like, ah! Completely. I've heard that a lot with friends of mine who have been on first dates and it's sort of fizzled. And then maybe they've bumped into each other on a night out a couple months later. And then it blossoms into this relationship. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Well, I mm. fully always say the second date is more of the real test because the first date is like, you're just sort of, if you're anything like me, you're just sort of gathering their life story. And then on the second date, you're actually working out if your personalities click and you have stuff to talk about that it's not like, mm. so where did you grow up? <laughs> what did you get in your A-levels? <laughs> <laughs> Why you had boy? <laughs> this is Rachel's criteria. <laughs> I mean, I mean. Why you had boy? <laughs> <laughs> you just get a plus point if you want. <laughs> I just think it says a lot about someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, but okay, so Nana, what I want to ask you is: Do you get very invested in the couples? When you you must get excited if you put two people together and you think, "Oh my god, I think they're really going to hit it off." And then if they don't, is it disappointing? And then if 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 they carry on dating, then do you get really excited? And 
How how do you yeah, find it's it? Yeah, it's such an emotional process, which I think is why I'm I'm quite happy. The main bit of the club is obviously the parties, yeah. and then I never really take on more than say twenty um, clients to matchmake at any one time. Because mm. if you're if you make the match, I honestly, and I'm probably naive compared to some other matchmakers, but I honestly believe that this is the person they should be meeting. So. If they say, do you know what? I don't even think I want to meet that person. Oh. That is very disappointing. So they get one pass and then you go and look for someone else. But if they go on the date and then it's just, if they pick out something that feels so trivial, then that's mm. when it's a real kind of dagger in the heart because, you know, he seemed an inch too short or mm. I don't know, he seems like he's in between careers. I think he's going to leave the city to do something else. Some of those comments, mm. you're then just like, oh, Lord. God, it yeah. must be but so fascinating just into the human behavior. This it job. really is. It really is. And actually, one of the most interesting um, things in the last two weeks is I've been doing a lot of matches and we get to the point where with the agency, we used to say, OK, you guys go on a date. We're going to book you drinks at this bar. It's going to be really sexy. We've got a good table. It's all about curating the experience. And that was like really time intensive. So now I offer, do you want to just do a number swap? Because sometimes people want to choose what they want to do. Right. Oh, cool. so and, like, and message a bit first. Exactly. Yeah. So we'd do a number swap, say a week before. And this has happened with three people in the last fortnight. They do a swap. And sometimes it's a blind date if the guy has a terrible picture or something. And mm. I still think they should meet. So they do a number swap. And WhatsApp shows shows their pictures. So then they end up using the service a bit like Tinder in that yeah, they look at the photos and they're like, oh, I just don't think so. So then they drop out. So when you go to someone and say, I've got a match for you, you don't show them a picture? No, I usually don't. I say if you're, if you're the paying client and you say, I have to have a picture, then I'm like, that's fine. But if I have these pictures of this person, I'm like, they don't do that person justice. And I know mm. that you guys should meet. I say, listen maybe you should just trust me on this one and just go to this bar and meet. I think that's a really good tactic, though. It's because, fascinating. Because I, I think we must miss so many people that we could potentially match with on dating apps because we just, a lot it's of the so time... It's so looks-based. It is so looks-based. A lot so of the time, I don't read people's profiles except when I'm doing this bio stuff. <laughs> I always read profiles. I, I don't, really. <laughs> like, with guys, I don't... I only look at the bios of the guys that I might be interested in. I suppose what you mean, like, sometimes you might, like, discard them based on their looks yeah. before you even get to yeah, the yeah, bar. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm. But how, but that's so superficial. No, but I'm sorry, there but does have natural. to be physical attraction, though. Yeah. There does, but then, as you said, like, you know, some people just take terrible photos. It's true. Mm. It's very true. So, you know, if, when you have the parties, mm. if to, if people get together or whatever, do you, do they tell you? Do you find out? Or do you, you just don't really know who's got together or not? So we have um, crowd mixologists who are these people at the parties who make introductions. Oh my but God, they amazing. Also, they're so nice. So they're like really out there. They're kind of like the eccentric hosts who say, oh, darling, you must meet so-and-so. I love Ooh, it. Yeah. Every party yeah, needs that. that. Yeah, exactly. And they sort of, they act a bit sort of more camp and larger than life. So that the, great. <laughs> the idea is that they have to embarrass themselves rather than the client. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they also keep an eye on what's going on. Um, and towards the end of the night, you know, you do get a bit of teenage snogging and all I that sort of stuff. I love teenage snogging. Oh, um, <laughs> and then there's usually an after party. So actually the first, the party's like three hours. Yeah. And then it's the after party where you get sort of all of the gossip and that sort of thing. It. So it's either at a club or it's, you know, in, a, in another venue. Um, Brilliant. So fun. And can I ask, when you make the matches, because everyone always rabbits on about opposites attract and you need to be different. But then some people say you need to have these common interests. When you're making matches, how much do you look at similarities in terms of interests, education, mm. like backgrounds, hobbies, that kind of thing? So with with our club, basically the common 
um, the common interest or the common sort of demand is that everyone wants someone who's basically like driven yeah, um, and well-educated, mm -hmm. uh, just cares about what they do. So the thing that people say most when I'm matchmaking is like, I just want someone who's passionate. I don't care what they're passionate about. They just I have to be passionate about that. something. Yeah, it's yeah, honestly agree, almost actually. every single person says it. And it's true uh. because you think, <laughs> sorry, no, no but I mean, like everyone, everyone, else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone in a club, not the world. Um, but it's true because yeah, you think so. they'll just put that passion into the relationship, into your mm. lives together, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I look for interest in that respect. And sometimes one of the other trends we have is a lot of our more corporate guys. So we have a lot of guys in finance. And a lot of the time they just say, I don't want to date someone in the same industry. And I'm actually quite interested in dating someone who's maybe, um, you know, a musician or a creative mm. or something or like that. Purely because, or a journalist. Hi. Exactly. <laughs> purely because they, don't, they just want to escape the office and then have, yeah. have someone show yeah. them a new world. Um, and I can imagine with you guys, like the stuff that you do in the evenings is like really fun in a total different world to if you were dating someone in a corporate job, but mm. they appreciate it. And they can also show you how to be like a structured person and <laughs> how to do your accounts and stuff like that. Oh, so. yes. I mean, not to be a cliche, but I do struggle with, with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand taxes. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, the person that I'm dating, is it's literally we're the same person because we're both in the dating industry. We're both oh, entrepreneurs. We both do the same sort of things. So I just think you can argue it either way, to be yeah. honest. It just depends what you're looking for. Yeah. I th yeah, it does depend on a case-by-case -case basis. I just, I always wonder that because I look at my the relationships my friends are in and some of them, they're just so different. I would never put them together, but it just works. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's like sometimes it, you, I think often it works if like one person's really like chill and laid back and the other person might actually be quite highly strung. And sometimes those people really compliment each other. And sometimes I think it's just yeah. an absolute nightmare. Like I remember when I was dating someone recently, like I'm a planner. I, I really like organization. I fill up my diary far in advance. And he was like so spontaneous and last minute. And it drove <laughs> me spontaneous. nuts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, literally. <laughs> like, I, I, I could not deal with that. Mm. I was I was like, okay, so let's plan in this date like a week and a half in advance and make a booking. And he's like, why don't we just check in on the day and decide what we want to do? And I was like, no. But people love spontaneity. I know. That's what everyone always asks for. Like, uh, you know, not just not Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> not Rachel. <laughs> no, I'm so the opposite. Whenever I'm trying to arrange a date with someone, she'll be like, oh, so where are you guys going? And it's like two days before. I'm like, oh, I don't know yet. She's like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> oh, you haven't decided. She's like, what do you mean you haven't decided? <laughs> I doesn't understand. No, but I was so impressed that guy I was dating recently. Like, if you, like, it wasn't, we arranged to go out and then the first he was like okay so how about this place or this place and they were both good places and he was gonna like book it in and i was like yes good sign this was the head boy <laughs> see what well, i'm Sam. saying in case you hadn't guessed rachel was her girl as well well right. no at my prep school not like at my secondary school oh god i didn't know but that. Is that oh i know <laughs> i know so I, I need to look for a, a, a prep school head boy so on my level okay you know, I think I might be punching if I go for a secondary <laughs> school so you head were, boy. you were 12 or 11? 13. 13. Okay. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> God, I want to see a picture of you with your head girl badge. Uh, it was very good, actually. Was and it? I am on the board at school. So, you know, Ooh. you can appreciate that. Um, my school things aside, I want to think maybe wrap this whole thing up by asking. So for people who, you know, don't have access, aren't in London, don't have access to services like yours or any other matchmaking services, if they want to think just about themselves of what would make a good match for them, mm. 
what advice can you give them? Or like, what do you think makes a good match? Or what do you think people need to look out for to find a good match for them? Um, well, I think one of one of the important things is that you don't look for your partner to basically satisfy every every need and every mm. part of your social life and, and, and every interest. Mm. So going back to whether you go for people who you have stuff in common with or not, you need to, I think it's enough to isolate a couple of things like humor, spark and chemistry that yeah. work and try and kind of forget the rest. Um, and it's kind of, at the moment, obviously self-development's becoming a really big thing um, in London and the UK in a way that it hasn't been before because mm. it's a very American thing to you know, self-improve and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the positive thing about that coming to the UK is people are thinking a bit more about actually making themselves better before they go out and meet people. And in London especially, I find that obviously we use alcohol as a bit of a like dating booze, like jacket, as sort yeah. of armor, mm, which stops you from sometimes having a genuine connection with someone. So you yeah, bowl from relationship to relationship. Um, and I, I would just tell most people you should probably, if you've been single for a while, as I said, you obviously need to change something up, not necessarily just with your dating routine, but how you relate to yourself and what you're looking for. So engaging with things. I know Tony Robbins is an extreme example, but actually just read a, read a bit of philosophy, read a bit of self-help, start to think about which need you want your relationship to fulfill rather mm. than having that relationship fill, fulfill everything. Yeah. Um, and also travel for love. And I know that sounds a really hippie-ish thing to say, but with our club in New York, I mean, the women have it harder than London. There are way more women in New York. Really? Way more. And it's really difficult for them. And there was an article that I read ages ago about this woman who said, when you walk down the streets of New York, you're in a city full of supermodels and celebrities. You know, you can go to a bar and, and someone super famous is literally next to you. There's no division like mm. you have in London. Mm. Um, and it makes you feel really bad about yourself. And then this woman in the article, she moved to like the deep south or something. And she just describes walking down this like local road and like people's heads turning <laughs> and like her confidence shooting up. And it is all about confidence. So, yeah. y yeah. you know, unless you're completely confident and happy to just be competitive in these cities and battle, 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 then like you should open your horizons a little bit and think about if I've been single in the city for 10 years and I've got some clients who have been, then maybe it's not the city for me. And, and what's more important, mm. finding love and finding a life that suits me or just cracking on with my corporate job and just, you know, laying that to rest. It's very good advice. 10 years, Rach, deep south, let's go. Right, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah. We've got a few years to go and then if we're still single, yeah. off we pop. Mm -hmm. Good, then we'll find love. Yeah, I had a client <laughs> saying she's moving to Manchester because she thinks the men are more <laughs> friendly and a bit hotter <laughs> and slightly more manly. You know, um. London's so it's interesting because, you know, all these studies say that, like, it has m more single people than anywhere else. So you could kind of argue that, oh, well, if I move there, I'll meet all these single guys. Or if you're a guy, single girls. Or if you're, well, straight. You know, irrelevant. Um, but then the fact of the matter is there are all the singles. So, so kind of like everyone's single. People are dating, and but no one's settling down or finding the right people or... We're all staying single. Mm. I don't know. I do think that people in the bigger cities are like always very independent and very driven. And that's obviously a great thing. But I do think people stay single for longer. Much longer, for yeah. sure. Anyway, there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> we have time. Do you know what else we have time for? The dating disaster story? Yes, this is we a good one. We do, we do. We've had quite a few sent in recently and we haven't, we've got quite a lot to get through. So hopefully next few weeks we'll have time to put them in. So thank you so much for sending them in. 
And this is a dating disaster story, which just sort of sort of turns into a dating success. So here we go. Um, me and my friend have been sitting on this tale since 2016. My best friend was rather newly heartbroken and single at 20, so she gave Tinder a try. She was set up to go on this date with a nice enough guy on her, it was her first Tinder date. He seemed really interested and even sent her voice notes of him singing. Vom. Oh, so vom. <laughs> anyway, the day of the date comes, she's ready and makes her way to the meeting point. Goes to ask him where he is when she arrives to discover she has been blocked on all platforms. WhatsApp, Tinder and anything else they had swapped. She was understandably perplexed, angry and deflated. I was so angry for her, I'd been so hopeful. She came and saw me at work afterwards and bitched about him, wondering how many girls he may have even done this to. So we hatched a plan. Get revenge by seeing if it was possible to find him on my account and then stand him up. After many swipes, we found him and lured him in. He used the same lines on me that he'd used on my friend. And the tactic we changed with our dialogue was that I seemed a bit more, you could say, easy. It didn't take us long to get a date the next day. The next day, while we sat at home, he made his way to the date. He updated me, slash us, with updates of his journey. And then as soon as he arrived, we returned the favour by blocking him on all platforms. My best friend felt better and I was pleased I could assist her. I felt like we, we got one back on this dickhead who chooses to stand girls up, probably has some weird thing for a power trip and just has no common decency. I hope he learnt his lesson. I think that's fantastic. Well, I can't believe that guy did that. Why would he do that? What's the point? What is the point? It's such an effort. I don't understand why he wouldn't just like make up some excuse and cancel before than mm. just not go and block her on everything. Yeah. Very, very odd. A complete lack of common decency. I wonder how much that happens. It must happen the whole time. Yeah, it yeah. must. I've never actually been stood up, touch wood. No, neither touch wood, but I always have this fear of being stood up. I know. I have well, a friend who had a date and they she saw him walk up to her, see her, locate her <gasps> and turn around. No. Really? Awful. Oh That's my God, that so would destroy sad. me. Awful. <laughs> well, you had a date recently, didn't you, where the guy went to the wrong place and you then waited for an hour for him to come. Yeah. And I like, I, I don't think I would have waited. I know. Does that make me really desperate? Was he I just it? felt really <laughs> bad. <laughs> I just, even though, God, I'm, I'm too nice. I just, I felt really bad for him that he'd gone to the wrong place. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm already here now. So I just went and got some food, <laughs> made some friends. Yeah. It was like it was like an event. It was great fun. <laughs> well, fair enough. I don't know if I would have been so forgiving. <laughs> anyway, shall we also power out another story? I think we've got, I think we've got yes, time. Yes. And I really like this story this as well. This is an optimistic one, which we, yeah. don't, we don't get a lot of those. So thank I know, you. <laughs> I know. So yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay. I just listened to your episode with Jamie Lang and your comments around how meet cutes never happen. I, like you, believe this to be true and have also recently sat and teared up in my flat, teared up in my flat to about time and P.S. I love you after swiping right and not feeling satisfied after my Bumble or Tinder dates. However, last Saturday I did what millennials do best. Went for a three-hour, 90s-themed bottomless brunch with a friend. There were games, quizzes and even a boy band versus girl band dance-off. One of the guys who got up on the dance floor was totally owning it, and afterwards, my friend suggested we go outside and sit in the pub garden. We saw the group of guys, and she walked over to ask for a cigarette, which they gave her, and we were then excited, invited to sit down. We got chatting, and he bought me a couple of drinks, and it turns out that our local was the same pub. After an hour or so, he asked for my number, and we went for a date this week for pizza and wine in Notting Hill. 
I spoke to the girls at work and they're all super impressed that in this day and age, you can still meet people IRL in real life <laughs> and end up on a date with them. I hope this story spurs you on and leads to a successful dating story for you both. And she got back in touch to say that they have since been on a second date for Junkyard Golf. I, is, I believe mini golf. This. Yeah, yeah. It's like yes. swingers, a fun little crazy golf. Um, I love that. Yeah, me too. But I'm just like, why doesn't it happen to me? Hang what? out in Brixton a bit Start more. Start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I will not start smoking. But that is what happened, isn't it? She went over. Yeah. Oh, you you, you have to have a reason to go over. Yeah, I think you do have to have a reason. Otherwise, it feels unnatural. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to strike up a conversation and be like, you know, the one time I think you can start talking is if you're like, Elbow to elbow at the bar, like trying to get mm. in. Asking for a cigarette, though, quite bold. Asking for a lighter, yeah, all right. But asking for a cigarette, you know, mm. takes balls. And it's tougher because not so many people smoke anymore. Exactly. No, exactly. So kind of have to I don't want to date a smoker. No. no. Sorry, I've got a checklist, haven't I? <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> There's one quite good move, actually, um, that I suggest to clients at parties where if, you, um, if you're a woman and you go up to a man and say, um, you know, not say, can I buy you a drink? But you actually come with a beer or a cocktail or whatever. Mm. Um, you deposit it with me and say, like, oh, I just ordered too many or whatever. Like, take this. And then you walk away. They always come back. That's interesting. Because it's also to do really? with, you know, men being paranoid for some reason that they're going to have to buy all of the drinks in the dating game, which is completely ridiculous because mm. that, that's not how it works. Mm. But just sort of dumping that that gesture and then walking away means they always come back and be like, God, that was so nice of you. And just like, well, you know, it was like nothing. I was just like, you know, thought you were like, thirsty or something. Do that. Honestly, it's that. good. I love it. Should we try the strategy yeah. and report back? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. great. I think when I can next try that. Tonight. We're going to be in the pub tonight. We are going to be in a pub tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we spend so much bloody time together. I know. <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe we should spend less time with each other, more, more time, time looking boys. for boys. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Good, good. <laughs> I think that's the old a routine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Mm. I don't want to break you guys up though. I know. <laughs> we should go on a double date. Oh god, no. Okay. I think we, we used should. to organise double dates. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we should do it. They're more relaxing because it kind of feels like there's less pressure. But what if what if you fancy my guy and I fancy my guy, or you fancy my guy and I fancy mm. your guy, or you know? I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That's true. Although so, we do have very different types. We do. There's, I think there's a lot of chances for lol in there. Yeah. But also kind of good because then you can, the other person can like big up. You know what I mean? Like I could like women. be like, oh my gosh, yeah, actually, Olivia is such a good singer. Yeah. She actually in, did a good they gig. Call that, they call that wingmanning. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then like, so you, because then you can, he can find out all the good things about you without you having to brag. That's true. Because there are so many good things. Well, you know. I'll try and make a list in I mean, I'll try, I'll try and think of something to say for you. I mean, I don't know. It's very rude. Was head girl in prep school, but <laughs> <laughs> only prep school, not senior school. <laughs> I'm going to go home and cry now. <laughs> this has really touched enough. <laughs> right, enough uh, abusing me. Thanks very much. <laughs> I think this is a good note to end it on. Thank you for listening, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your stories. Please do give us a little rating if you enjoyed the podcast. And we'll write a review. We love reviews. We would love a review. Um, so that would be lovely if you could do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcast. Yep. And please do keep sending in your dating disasters or dilemmas or success stories. We like those too. We're, mm. we're, we're into optimism here yes. sometimes. Um, and please <laughs> get in touch via email. It's millennial.love at independent.co.uk. Or you can tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey and Olivia Petter one And every story will be kept anonymous. We're also on Instagram. 
which I just figured, you know, people message more people have Instagram, Instagram than Twitter. My my name is the same, Rachel underscore Hosey. Mine is Olivia Petter eight, just to mix it up a bit. So that's one for Twitter, eight for Instagram. <laughs> Yes, okay, good. Um, but if Facebook is your social network of choice, you can get in touch there. We have our Facebook group, which is where we discuss topics from the podcast and news of the dating world, funny memes about dating. Who doesn't love a meme? Mm. And we ask you guys for feedback. So to join, all you have to do is go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash millennial dot love. Nana, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been so insightful, mm. so interesting. I, I always come away from these podcasts feeling like I've learned so much. Me too. And we'll let you know how the party goes in a few weeks. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. You have to put yeah. those tips yeah. into work. Oh, my goodness, yes. And we'll, let's try and go on a double date. And let's try. Oh, my God, we've got so many things to try. So much to do. I know. <laughs> God, so much to do with trying to find love. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. And have a lovely week. See you soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.